Hey folks, welcome to episode 90 of Biomast. Uh, we again have a special guest. He's a returning special guest star here on the uh, the mighty empire known as uh, the media empire known as Biomast. It's uh, hopefully the next word in gaming. Well, it, it is between the five or six people of us that listen to it. But uh, anyway, no kidding. We actually have uh, Saberwing from uh, World of Tanks console version. He's the senior community manager. He joined us during the beta uh, about a month and a half ago, a little, well, about a month ago. And he, he promised to come back after the game went live on the PlayStation 4. And sure enough, he's joining us tonight. So um, we, what we'd like to do is go ahead and dive in. That's going to be kind of the meat of our show, uh, at least for the first uh, segment or so. So we're going to go ahead and knock out some introductions. And then we're going to dive right into it because we got an absolute ton of questions uh, from folks on the World of Tanks forums and also on Twitter and a couple on email. And actually, believe it or not, I was getting pummeled on uh, PSN messages, my PlayStation messages um, for this thing is for for the interview as well. There's a lot of people want to want to have a uh, have a go at Saberwing for a numerous for numerous questions about everything from their favorite tank to like why you nerf my stuff. That's not really his thing. Although there's a lot of great questions about community activities, uh, tournament play, all kind of stuff, clan support. There's a, there's a bunch of stuff that we're going to try to drive at tonight uh, during the interview. So without further ado, let's knock out a couple quick uh, introductions. Zell? Yeah, I'm Sarai Zell, um, a uh, co-host here on the show, an editor on the blog, and I used to be on uh, this thing called the CPM. Sweet. Pokey. Uh, Pokey Draven, OSG Planetary Operations. I write for the blog, co-host here on the show. All right. And I'm Jason Larison. I'm also one of the purveyors of the Biomast.net uh, blog. Uh, by purveyor, I mean I'm a guy that talks on the podcast and Pokey and Zell do most of the actual lifting on the uh, the website. And without further ado, our special guest tonight, Saberwing. Tell everybody about yourself. Uh, hello, everyone who's listening to this thing again. Um, I'm still Saberwing. My name is Shaheen. I'm the senior community manager for uh, World of Tanks on consoles. So that is Xbox 360, Xbox One, and as of about two weeks ago, uh, PlayStation 4. So we're, we're taking over the world slowly. And uh, <laughs> yeah, glad to be here. Glad to be back here with you guys. Absolutely, man. It, we really, really appreciate you coming back on. And we actually have quite a bit of information, uh, or at least questions for you, as we kind of alluded to in, in the intro. Uh, and what I'd like to do is kind of just kind of dive right in, and I'll 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 take up a couple. Pokey and I have uh, quite a few things that we've been hit up about by numerous people in the World of Tanks community. Uh, most of them console players. Actually, did get some feedback from PC players, so it was uh, it was kind of cool, and we'll share some of that with you. But without any further ado, uh, I did have a quick question. You in terms of your role as a community manager versus like uh, a producer or a developer. Like, can you kind of very quickly describe sort of what it is that you work on uh, for the World of Tanks community? Like how you help out the community with the game? Yeah, so um, I guess I'll, I'll go a little higher level than that and just kind of explain a little bit about how wargaming in North America is structured. I, think, I, I don't remember if I alluded to this in the last uh, interview we had, but basically um, wargaming has multiple offices all over the globe and um, we have various development studios that are spread out among that. So the development studio for console is based out of Chicago, and those are the guys who actually make the game. They're the ones that actually physically create the game. So your game designers, your programmers, your engineers, um, artists, all that stuff, they're all based over in Chicago. 
uh, my office, which is near San Francisco in Emeryville, we are um, a publishing office, which means that we kind of deal with more marketing, uh, community, PR, customer support, all that sort of stuff. So we're not actually in the same physical building as a lot of the actual physical developers for the game. Um, but what that does allow us to do, I think in some ways, you know, it has its pluses and minuses. Um, Minus is obviously I, I love being part of games development. I've done that in the past, or I've been in game studios, and then I definitely miss that. But um, there's some pluses too, where you got you kind of get to see what all the other products are working on. So our game is uh, World of Tanks. You know, is is not originally on console. It's obviously originally a PC game. So I'm now in the same office as the PC uh, community guys and the World of Warships community guys and World of Tanks Blitz, which is our mobile version. Uh, you know, I sit right next to these guys. So that's really cool because I get to see what the whole company is kind of doing. And I kind of get to see what all the other products are doing. And we have like a big event. So like an anniversary of World of Tanks or of World Gaming or something. It allows us to kind of unite a little bit more behind that, I guess. We have everybody there and we kind of get to do a bigger effort uh, across the board. So so there's pluses and minuses. Um, so I guess what that means for my role is I don't actually physically make the game, sadly. Um, but what I do do is uh, I'm kind of... Or I try to be the conduit between the players and the developers uh, to some extent. Um, there's a couple uh, people in Chicago who also do that, um, um, namely Rybot and Lady Obscura. Um, although I think Lady Obscura has recently moved on to another role, but Rybot's still doing that. She's a player experience specialist, which is kind of similar to my role. And we're kind of there just to service player needs. So, I mean, we're not customer support, although sometimes we will get pinged with technical support questions. Um, and that, that sort of thing. And sometimes we have to redirect people to customer support for that. But, you know, we kind of try and interface with players. So an example is the tournaments that are going on right now that the community is involved with. You know, we try and help support that stuff, provide prizing wherever necessary. When we have live streams, we're kind of the ones that curate that stuff. Uh, the YouTube channels, um, all the social media accounts, forums, obviously. Um, anything that's kind of forward-facing but isn't a hard sell, I guess. You know, it's not a marketing thing. We're not really trying to get people to uh, join the game or, or we're not trying to acquire players. We're trying to retain players. We're trying to engage players. Um, we're kind of there to try and keep people happy and and then try and engage with them whenever we can. Um, so that's kind of what my role is. Uh, it's kind of evolved over time. Obviously, we've launched several different games now on several different platforms. And so when we're launching a game, my role is very different to when all the games are out there and we're working on you know maintaining stuff. So it kind of changes over time and we kind of have to adapt to the needs of the developer and the players. No, absolutely. Hey, that was a great breakdown, man. We really appreciate that. And, and you, uh, that, that's one of the things like if you, you play games long enough, you kind of dig around in the, the actual social aspect of them. You find out that it's a, it's a pretty interesting kind of organic thing and the best communities are the most positive communities are the ones where the, I think the developer is, you know, the, the, you know, the producer of the game itself is actively involved in the, in the kind of the care and feeding of the community. And you guys seem to do a pretty good job of that. Um, just a, a couple of things, uh, some quick observations, like I've been poking around in kind of the world of tanks uh, community over the last probably month or so, ever since I kind of got hooked into the beta and now that's both on the PC side and, and the console side, primarily the console side. And the first thing I would offer is that it is a, uh, a pretty helpful community. Generally it's, it's, I'm not, I'm not going to say it's like, you know, over the top positive, but everybody tends to be fairly helpful. Um, and it does not appear to be as prickly as a lot of other kind of uh, competitive gaming communities. And I, I was just kind of curious what your observations are of the kind of the world of tanks community uh, 
versus maybe other games that, that you've seen or worked on or other communities? Because you're probably pretty well doped up on a bunch of, you know, a bunch of different games out there. Uh, and I'm just kind of curious what you think makes the World of Tanks community different. Um, so I think that's a good question. I think there's multiple aspects at play there. I think one is that we have the benefit in some ways of coming out with a game that has already reached a certain level of polish. So um, the PC version of World of Tanks now I think is over five years old. Um, and so, you know, that game has evolved over time. And I mean, I wasn't there for the launch of it or anything, but you know, that game uh, is now at a point where, and I think a lot of hardcore players will probably disagree, but you know, it's at a point where it's fairly balanced, right? There's obviously issues that people will always talk about with Matchmaker and that sort of stuff, but the game is a fairly robust, polished experience. So. What that means is when we came on console, which had its own challenges, we still had the benefit of learning all the stuff that they had learned along the way, right? Uh, building the PC version of the game. So, so right off the bat, we're kind of in a good place. The game isn't completely broken, right? Things kind of work well. Uh, we have a we have a strong like um, ground to stand on with the game, the balance and all that stuff. So I think that helps. I think um, the other thing is. Uh, you know, we have, or in particular, the Chicago office, when I say we, I'm referring to the console team, have a fairly close uh, involvement with our players. And I think that's maybe a cultural thing um, uh, in, in terms of like studio culture, I mean. Um, and I think that's, you know, ultimately down to the development team in Chicago. I, and a full credit to them, they are very responsive to player feedback. Um, they are really excited about player feedback. Um, and, you know, all of our offices, like I said before, they're, they're kind of tasked with different things. But I think the Chicago team in particular, you know, they, they care a lot genuinely. So I think they've kind of fostered that environment over time. Um, the executive producer is often in the forums posting updates and stuff, uh, even though he's been a little, um, you know, uh, busy lately with PS4 launch and stuff. He still, you know, made time to come in there and post a couple of times about some of the upcoming things that are coming. Um, and I think that's just something that's kind of bred itself over time. Um, you know. Of course, you're going to have issues, and, and um, we're going to have things where the community is on fire about, or you know, things that aren't perfect. But I think that's just kind of part and parcel uh, with video games. You know, everyone's passionate about what they're doing. You know, when you're playing a game, you know, if I lose a game, I get super heated about it, and I get angry too. And sometimes, you know, that outlet is posting on forums or whatever. But I would say that generally, for the most part, our, our players are very um, supportive of new players that come in. Um, I think that's been a big, uh, big boon to have with the PS4 launch. We've had a lot of Xbox players along the way who helped kind of embrace the newer uh, PS4 players. Uh, of course, we're going to have console wars, all that fun stuff. But I think, you know, players out there, I mean, I, in, in my opinion, anyway, I think, you know, the fact that they can't play against a PS4 player, you know, has kind of means that you're not trying to get a leg up in any way. And so you don't have anything to lose by trying to help somebody learn the game, you know. Um, and so I think, yeah. So I think ultimately that's it. Like I think you know, players are helpful. It's a very, it's a very deep game. It's a very difficult game for new players to grasp. Um, but I think it's it's a game that's also quite rewarding. And so, you know, I think players kind of enjoy helping other players get good at it. And and of course we're trying our best to to encourage that. Um, we have Club Wargaming, which is kind of like a group of our streamers who stream very frequently. We reach out to these guys. They stream for us. Um, and even before the launch, you know, I can't even, I even said to them like, Hey, um, any possibility you guys could jump on the forums and, uh, like be nice to people for a couple of days, you know, when they first come <laughs> through, you know, like just help answer their questions or at least point them in the right direction. Because I think, you know, these guys are veterans and, you know, they're, uh, they're there to help people. So anyway, uh, I think that's it. I think that that's, that's probably why. Absolutely. 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's really great. I've kind of been perusing the the forums as well, and it, it really seems that coming from some of the communities I'm used to, it's surprisingly positive, and, and it's very refreshing to see. And I've really been enjoying the game as well. And, and like you said, it's uh, <laughs> you start off, and I was really bad, like really, really bad at the game. And it's it's been good to have help of people who are a little more experienced to kind of help guide me through that and whatnot. So I've been enjoying a lot of what you guys have been doing. Well, one thing that, that I thought was actually pretty neat is I, I noticed the uh, Girls on Ponser event that was running recently, and I, I had to laugh because while I haven't seen the anime it's referencing, I, I do know of it and have decided to watch it because of the event. And so that, that's that's really cool that you guys jump on that sort of stuff to kind of engage the community with some fun, you know, not necessarily canon or at least a, you know it's kind of fourth wall breaking you know, fun stuff like that, but what kind of events, especially for PS4, can we expect to see in the near future, if you can talk about that? Um, so, I mean, what I would say, the Girls and Panzer thing is a very uh, special case. I think it's awesome. Like you said, it is a little fourth fourth wall breaking, right? I mean, um, it is from oh, anime. Cool. Um, but what I will say is that there's a really cool affinity there. I mean, there's a, there's obviously a very large crossover there between um, Girls and Panzer and World of Tanks in that they're both about tanks and everything. And and I think that's, you know, there are going to be a lot of fans out there, a lot of anime fans out there who play, play World of Tanks, and that's awesome. So what I'll say with regards to events, um, most things where we're aiming to do, uh, we're trying, we're doing our very best to be uh, kind of equal across both sets of consoles. I think um, Xbox and, and PS4, for the most part, um, and everything we've set up to this point has basically been this, is that we're trying to ensure that both both platforms have a fairly um, equivalent set of content and, and uh, events and all that stuff. Now, there's going to be exclusive things occasionally. Um, and, you know, uh, with PS4 launched, PS4 got a bunch of those. Um, Girls and Panzer is, is more of a licensing issue than anything else, actually. So that's really why it's Sony exclusive. Um, but you know, you, there's also the Scorpion Pass, which is a very large map, um, which Xbox doesn't have. Um, and, and you know, there, there's a few things like this that are timed exclusives. Um, so basically, what that means is that for a period of months, um, and I don't actually know the exact time frame for all these things are. I guess they, they may vary. Um, they're going to be locked to one platform or the other. So I mean, I envision that Xbox will have its own set in the future. I mean, ultimately, the game was basically Xbox exclusive for like a year and a half. So that's kind of a pretty big exclusivity, but. Um, you know, there, there's going to be little instances like this, but for the most part, the the main tank lines that you get, all the tanks in the game, the vast majority of maps, all that stuff is going to be um, equal across both sets of platforms. So that's kind of uh, what the developers are very committed to. And I, and I just kind of want to reaffirm this, you know, like I think we're not preferring one set of players over another. And I think that there is sometimes a misconception that we refer Xbox over PS4 or PS4 over Xbox because it's the new shiny. And that's not really the case. Like, um, we're, we're trying to make sure that both sets of players, you know, get access to all the, all the content or at least the vast majority of the same content. Um, and so what we're going to be doing over the next few months is we're kind of doing an accelerated rollout on, um, on PS4 to catch up with Xbox. So at the moment, I, I believe there's three nations and we're going to, un- we're going to unroll all the remaining nations over the coming months. And we don't have a set date for when that's going to happen, but it's, you know, we're trying to do it as fast as possible. Basically it takes a bit of work. No, that's that's pretty cool, man. That, and just uh, so everybody out there in the listening audience is tracking, we we when we asked for feedback uh, on kind of the things that uh, we can engage Saberwing on, that was a hot topic. Uh, there there was a lot of uh, questions from kind of both sides of, of the PC and 
or correction, the PS4 and the Xbox community, which is the 360 and Xbox One kind of community all all mixed together, um, about kind of what that balance was. And, and I really appreciate you for tackling that because that that was one of the things that people were kind of keen on to understand sort of how that was going to work. And um, I think you mentioned that we were, well, what you did mention is that the plan is to kind of get them to content parity over the next several months, you know, probably by summer or maybe um, something like that. So I was kind of curious though, you said that we had the, the next line of tanks coming up. Um, could you give us a hint, like maybe which, which nation we might see next? I can't say that. Um, I know one of the questions that you guys uh, were really keen on is if I could give any information on upcoming tanks and stuff. So I can't give any specifics. But what I can say, and this is something that I think um, uh, W.G. Payne, I mean, Payne God, he's the executive producer for the game. And I think he alluded to this, too, um, a little while ago. And I'll, and I'll give a, you know, kind of a big hint here, but I'll just say that there's something coming in the very near future for, for both Xbox and PS4 players, which is um, something that is incredibly rare. Um, and, and people are going to be very excited about when they see it. And I think you're not going to have to wait too long, you know, for hopefully very soon after... Uh, this podcast goes out, um, people are going to have uh, the opportunity, I think, to to get their hands on some shiny new stuff. And I, and I know I'm being kind of vague, but kind of not. I mean, for any any super World of Tanks fan, but um, you know, just stay tuned. There's some cool stuff coming, you know, and, and there, we've taken on board some of the feedback. I know that, uh, for example, the T3488, which was included with the Founders Packs for PS4, is a, is a very sought-after item on uh, Xbox. Um and so, I mean, we're looking at the stuff and we're going to make sure that some of these tanks do become available again, even if they are rare um, and it might take some time, but they will become available again at some point in the future. We just don't know when. Um, but I'll say, you know, for both sets of players, there's some pretty cool stuff coming in the very near future. So just kind of stay tuned. Um, and I, I can't mention which nation is next, I'm afraid. I don't think I, don't think I can until the fishes release it. <laughs> Sorry, man. I wish I could. Okay, no problem, no problem. Uh, let me see. I'll, I'll throw another one or two questions at you, and then I'll pass it back over to Pokey. Um, so, in terms of some of the uh, the social aspect of the game, you know, like some of the the things in terms of uh, community building that and that kind of stuff. Uh, one of the big things, you know, really probably the 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 one and one A things that we got were kind of the console balance between PS4 and Xbox, and the other one was a lot of talk about clan support, like kind of what your guys vision for how clans should work in uh, World of Tanks, Tanks console. And I was wondering if you could take just like a minute and kind of lay down, like, like we know in the PC version, that's a that's a very deep and, and pretty um, a, a pretty heavy hidden part of the game in terms of the social aspect of clans and the competitive component, like kind of the campaign style component that, that you guys have on that. Um, I know you can't give us any like guts details of it, but can you kind of give us a little bit of hint of like sort of the vision that you have in terms of how you think, uh, how you guys want to use the clan system uh, in the consoles to help kind of build that long-term community for the game. Yeah, I mean, I can definitely, I can definitely say what some of the thought process and vision is, you know, behind that in the studio. I can't give specifics again because I think ultimately I actually don't know some of the very deep specifics. But I think what you said was totally right. I think clans, um, or at, at the very least, you know, a form of that, so organized play with friends or platoons, that sort of stuff. That's ultimately a community, right? That's ultimately like people banding together with their friends, playing games, and that's what keeps these sorts of games alive. That's what keeps these sorts of games exciting for me, especially as a gamer. You know, um, that's that's the sort of style of play that I love. I love um, 
I love, you know, banding together with friends and having like a persistent meta game almost, right? And that's what Clan Wars on PC, I guess, ultimately is for some of these guys, is that it's it's a meta game beyond just the jump into a battle and you know, this game is, you know, fifteen to fifteen or whatever. It's more like there's a game beyond the game. And and that's what's kind of exciting. So what I do know um, is that Clan Wars in, in particular, you know, it's something that we're obviously looking at and we we know quite a lot about from the PC side of the game. Um, I don't know how much of that is going to make it into console or what form it's going to take into the console version of the game. It's it's obviously a uh, it's its own beast on PC. Um, we think clan sports really important um, in in some way. We think that you know uh, the organized play between platoons and squads and groups of people is really important. Um, and just to give like a very brief like history recap here, I mean clans only made it into console at all as of about two months ago. I think. I mean, we, it didn't exist at all up until then. So it's a new addition to the console version of the game in any form. And right now the form is limited. It's like, yeah, you get a clan tag, you get to manage your clan from the app or from the web page. I mean, that's, that's the functionality, but you know, that style of gameplay uh, and having the organized gameplay is something that we're working towards. Um, you know, one of the other things I think that really kind of um, stands out to me along that ilk is like esports and, and tournaments and competitive play. That's obviously another big thing too. Um, and there's a community tournament going on right now. We ran several tournaments in the past, and we're working on setting up another one in the fairly near future. Uh, the reason we haven't done one right now, and I was actually planning on doing one in January, was because the community organized their own tournament, which has many of the same participants. So didn't really want to do another one. Um, yeah, will that be one yeah. for both Xbox and PlayStation folks? That's something I got to figure out. Uh, I think I would like to. I mean, obviously, uh, I don't want to exclude the PS4 folks, even though they have less tanks to choose from. Um, I think that's something I'd like to do. It might just have to take a slightly different form, given that there's less tanks available um, and and uh, potentially less people who have ground grinded ground their way up through the uh, through the tiers to to reach the higher tiers. Um, and there are tiers involved of multiple types. I can tell you that. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I mean, you know, all the tournaments we've run, even in the past, we ran a couple of them. You know, they're tier restricted because we don't want people to, like, end up having tier 8 tanks versus tier 3 tanks or whatever. So we end up saying, like, okay, the limit is a tier 8, um, you know, 5v5 or whatever, and, you know, only two tanks of any particular type in a, in a squad or whatever. So stuff like that. We, we set some rules. Um, and we'll and we'll do that again for the next tournament. And like I said, I think what's really cool though is that the players are banding together and doing their own tournaments right now. Um, if you go to let me find the URL, I think it's wct-tourney.com. They're running their own World of Tanks community tournament right now, and it's really rad. We threw some prizing at it, but ultimately the players kind of organize it themselves. They've got all the streamers involved themselves. Um, you know, this whole thing was created and administered by players, so it's very very cool. And um, you know, I want to try and support as many of these initiatives as possible. I think that's actually, to me, even more exciting than us running our own events. It's, you know, it's encouraging players to do this themselves and then to give them the tools to do them themselves. So that's one of the things that we're looking at is adding more functionality um, for players to be able to stream effectively, to be able to administer matches, have team training lobbies effectively, you know, and, and all that stuff. It's a little bit easier with a PC, right? With a mouse and keyboard or whatever, you can drag people around from one side to the other and the ui is a little bit easier for that sort of stuff but we're working on building out more functionality for this so recently for example there's like a battle cam like which is a spectator view basically that didn't exist two three months ago and the last time we actually ran a tournament ourselves that didn't exist at all so we had to kind of like botch together a solution which is like i had to go drown myself at the beginning of every match <laughs> so 
I mean, you know, this is all stuff that's kind of coming in hot, and the game's just, like I said, we just released on PS4 two weeks ago. Clans just came in two months ago or so. And so we're throwing together a lot of this stuff, um, you know, as we speak, and the development team's hard at work on that stuff. So there's a lot more to come on that front. Um, I just can't say specifically what, but, like, people who are interested in that style of play have a lot to look forward to, I think. So, um, you know, stay tuned, and there will be more info on that stuff in the coming future. Awesome. So uh, one thing that I'm anyone yeah, I'm really interested in is a lot of the stats, the numbers that are rolling around with uh, the world of tanks. It's it's pretty expansive, and coming from an even dust background, that's kind of my my thing. So uh, out of curiosity, I know that there's a phone app for the PC, and I believe the Xbox version of the game. Is that coming to PS4 players anytime in the future? Um. The answer to that is, I don't know, but I would be very surprised if the answer is no. <laughs> um, I don't know specifically with the app. I'd have to ask the team in Chicago, but my gut hunch would be yes. Like, There's no reason why I see that they would exclude them. Uh, my guess is that just that they were very busy with the actual rollout of the game, which is why uh, that functionality hasn't been implemented yet. But you know, if you go on our website, pretty much everything is for Xbox and PS4 players. Uh, I believe clan functionality recently got added for PS4 players as of about a week or two ago. Um, I think it was a few days after launch. And so, you know, this stuff is coming. It just takes some time for us to get it out the door. But um, I would say yes, probably. <laughs> um, I know it's not a great answer, but the answer is yeah, um, almost certainly, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, that's understandable. I know you're not, like you said, a developer. I was just curious if, if you happen to know, because, you know, I think that's something that a lot of players recently enjoy having. You start, you're starting to see it pop up in other games and whatnot, so it's something I was curious about. So that's, that's um, cool. It's something I should know the answer to. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> no worries, man. No worries. Now that that happens all the time, man. The uh, I, it, I I didn't even I assumed that there was an app at some point, but I didn't realize how functional it was. Uh, and I had a, a guy that was a... Yeah, a PC player. He kind of like walked me through his on his phone. It was pretty pretty impressive. Um, like I said, like Pokey mentioned, there's a lot of other games that are kind of getting more into that uh, offline interactivity, interactivity, and that kind of stuff. I'll be I'll be very interested to see what you guys come up with because you have a lot of the structure around like a really great game that you can you know kind of provide some tools to the community and continue to kind of build that animal that you got. It's it's pretty awesome. Um, one yeah. of the things that I did want to kind of ask about, um, so I know you guys are working on the clan support architecture, like, or you're kind of working through what that'll look like on, on the console. Uh, and then kind of hand in hand with that is sort of the competitive aspect of it. You talked a lot about the esports piece, which I'm pretty excited about is to actually see a, you know, to be involved in a game that, that already has a strong esports history. And it looks like it's going to continue to grow, including on the console. But uh, kind of that organized, like campaign style, uh, clan wars type activity. That was a, that was a big point. A lot of guys asked us, kind of in the same breath about clan support. Um, I, I assume if you're thinking about working in the you know, kind of the community architecture uh, with the clans, that you guys are looking at a way to implement the uh, kind of the clan wars structure or some form of that uh, to kind of. Really, that's really the kind of the spur that a lot of different communities like games, you know, you know that kind of com group competitive play uh, that you don't have to wait around for a tournament for. Uh, is that kind of something you guys are looking at, too? Uh, I'm trying to make sure I understand the, uh, the yeah, question. Yeah, it's a horrible rambling question. So, Sorry. <laughs> yeah, like, no, it was. It was just absolutely ridiculous. But uh, I guess the short question is, are you guys also looking at a version of Clan Wars uh, down the road for the consoles? Oh, as I said before, I think like that's something that I 
I honestly don't know the answer to. Um, I know that the clans is obviously something that we care about. I just don't know what form that clan combat thing takes. Um, I think part of it's down to you know us trying to look at what what's working well in clan wars, especially for PC, and what would work well for us, and what can we learn from them, and what can we do that's um, as good, if not better, in some ways. And, and the other thing I think to remember with clan wars, or just, in fact, just in the game in general, is that the PC version of the game is very similar to the console version of the game, but it's also a very different experience, and in the way that you interact with the game or interact with. Um, in particular with clans, all that, you know, the way that you interact with, I'm trying to think of the best way to do this, uh, to explain this. The experience of playing the game, um, you know, conceptually is the same, but the way that you actually interact, the interface is different. So with a mouse and keyboard, you can go through and look at all your different, like, clan territories and stuff. But with a, with a uh, controller, it's a little bit more tricky to do that. And the way that we would implement that, I think, is something that we would be spending a lot of time trying to get right, I think. So there is going to be more stuff around clans. We just don't know what it is, and we want to make sure that the experience is fun for console players. I think that's kind of what I'm trying to get at. Um, you know, mouse and keyboard games, I mean, using EVE as an example, right? That game works because you're on a mouse and a keyboard. But, I mean, imagine trying to play that game with a controller. It would be pretty interesting, right? Gouge my eyes out. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, so I guess it's just like trying to get that experience right. How do we provide a, a fun clan experience that isn't going to be insanely UI intensive or whatever, right? And and that's kind of I think where the difficulty lies with some of that stuff. And so I think they're going to be working around that and trying to think about what they could do. So clan wars. Um, I, I don't want to commit to saying yes or no on that, but what I'll say is, like I said, clans are important. Uh, you know, in, in various forms, and so there is work being done on that stuff. Um, what form that takes specifically, I can't say is all. Yeah, no, no, I kind of figured that that was the case. Like I said, it was a horrible rambling question that you you fought through, so I appreciate that. <laughs> no um, worries, man. Now, so as you can imagine, when we when we put the word out that we were going to have uh, you know Saberwing from the infamous community team at the World of Tanks on on the podcast. We, we had a lot of people asking uh, questions that may not necessarily be within the remit of a community manager, as you described. However, uh, because they're going to be good dudes, I'm going to at least let you know what these questions are. Uh, there, there's a lot of roadmap style questions. Uh, and we can, you know, if you can comment on them, great. But we did want to do a solid for everybody that, that uh, tried to ask for some specific questions that seem to be within the kind of the realm of the conversation we were going to have. Sure, man, so, go for it. I'll, I'll do my best. Like I said, I know, like man, the answer for me, a lot man. of this is probably going to be like, hey, I'm I don't know. <laughs> no, it's, that's cool too, because I mean, it's, it's really awesome that your game just to come on and just, and kind of talk with us a little bit about it. So um, I acknowledge that you can't like hit a lot of specifics on tanks and, and maps and stuff like that. Um, but you did give us a great hint that there may be some cool stuff right around the corner for us. So we do appreciate that. So um, for for everybody out there that, that are AMX CDC fans, I am going to ask, is it possible in the future we might see the AMX CDC? <laughs> I, I, the truth lies is I actually don't know. Uh, you'd have to ask uh, Pain God. I recommend, in fact, don't do this. He'll, he'll kill me if I say PM him on the forums. Don't PM him on the forums. But... Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I can't. I honestly don't know his answer. Um, no, no the, problem. The dev man. team I, in Chicago will be able to give you a better answer. I, I had I had a lot of people. You, I was very surprised at how many people were hitting me up on that, and I had to. I actually had to hop on my iPad, like, and then 
you know, search the tank and figure out what the hell it was. <laughs> it's like, okay, all right, tracking. Like I said, I think uh, for people who are requesting tanks, there's another uh, very um, famous tank, I'd say, from World of Tanks lore in some way or another that is going to be entering the fray fairly soon. So uh, for people who are like super amped and, and excited about tanks, like just stay put. There's something coming in the very near future. Um, <laughs> and uh, that should hopefully, you know, kind of, I don't know, uh, appeal to that audience. Okay. I don't know how best to put this, um, but yeah, there's some no, cool no, stuff man, coming. Okay. So one of the other big ones was, um, you know, and here's, here's something I found interesting about world of tanks. It is a very international game. Like, I know that we, you know, we tend to think in like North American terms and, ter you know, for gaming and stuff like that. And you're kind of tacitly aware that there are people around the world that do play. But World of Tanks, I mean, one, it started, you know, in in Russia or the Ukraine, one of the two. And it like worked its way this way. So it's got a very big international uh, following. So one of the things we also got a lot of was some localization questions. Like there's a lot of people that would really like um, sort of the, the foreign voice. Like when you play the game, there's a lot of great voice acting uh, in terms of like your tank crew that's talking to you through the game. And actually it's, it's pr pretty helpful when you're a new player, by the way. Uh, so there's a lot of discussion about, could we get um, either voices with the appropriate accent or at least speaking the right language at some point down the road? Is that, is that something that you guys might be looking into in terms of like an immersion thing for the game? Uh, that's something I've heard actually a few times. And the truthful answer again is I don't actually know. Um, I know that the dev team is super aware of that issue though, because I think they've even, um, I think they've even commented on that saying like, that's something that we should definitely do. So I, I actually don't know where they are with that. It's something that if I ask, they probably have an answer for me though, because like I said, I've seen it crop up on the forums multiple times. Um, I know that some of the developers have actually commented in response to those sorts of questions. Um, even with questions with like, even something that's even more, um, obvious, like we should have female voice actors and we don't have any in the game currently. So I, I know that oh, that's, that's a good call. Yeah, so stuff like that that I think um, the dev team are totally aware of. Um, the answer is I don't know where they are with it, though. Um, okay. I know we have a couple of sound guys. One in particular, his name is uh, Brendan Blewett. He's a super awesome sound guy in Chicago, kind of holding down the fort by himself, I think, right now. So uh, I may have to like call him up and see what he's doing with voice, uh, voice acting right now. Um, what I will say, though, is that the audio and... And the console version of the game is different than the than the PC version. So, um, you mentioned you know we're a multicultural game. We came from uh, Eastern Europe originally, right? With uh, the game, uh, sorry, Wargaming being a Belarusian company, uh, and so, you know, I think we've worked to develop the sounds in uh, the console version of the game and, and kind of make them feel immersive. You should see some of the videos we've actually posted on our YouTube channel. I think uh, he's like literally like holding a flamethrower and like recording it. It's, it's like I, I did awesome see stuff. that. That was actually really impressive. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> rad, right? So like they've done, they've gone to some pretty serious lengths to record decent audio for the game. Uh, and so I don't know where they are with voice acting though uh, for future stuff, but I'll, I'll ask actually. No, That's that a was a question. Yeah. Just a, Hey, just a general shout out to the sound in the game that like, it's one of the, uh, it, it's sound in a game is one of those where when you don't notice it and it just makes the game better, that's usually a good sign. I would tell you that the sound in this game, like we, I turned my, turned my big screen all the way up, you know, the house was empty this morning. So I kind of had like movie time game stuff going on and the sound is incredible in the game i was really just the little details here and there that you you don't catch with like headphones on or when it's turned way down usually but kudos to the sound team on this one seriously it's real good and if you need some voice actors that would like to do this pro bono i think i know a podcasting crew that's put on uh, right. several 
several audio plays uh, that, that we could reference that we could probably help you out with. That'll be fun, man. Now, I mean, on that note, Chicago. Yeah. Well, we got one guy that was up there. So on, on that note, uh, we did think that if you were go- if you guys were going to go with special audio, that we thought you needed to have the chieftain do one of the voiceovers. Because we couldn't really tell oh, if he wow. was American or if he was from the UK. I think he's both. I think uh, it's, it's what I'm uh, what I'm assuming is like one parent in, in one or the other. But you could get like a some kind of high speed premium tank that's like a U.S. and British trainer, and then make him the voiceover actor for it. Uh, so the chieftain is uh, he's from Ireland originally, um, but uh, he lives in the U.S. now. I think he's been here for quite some time, and I if I could be kind of wrong here, but I believe he's also in the uh, like the National Guard in California in particular. Um, so he's like a U.S. soldier, Irish by birth, um, and he's a super nice dude. I mean, that would be a really that'd be a really funny thing actually if we get the chief to do some audio. I don't even know how we would make that happen, but that'd be pretty fun. Um, yeah, <laughs> he's got some but, great videos, by the way. <laughs> oh yeah, he's he's great, and he's like a beacon of knowledge. Like that guy knows practically everything. Uh, he knows practically everything there is to know about not even just tanks, but just like military. I mean, he knows where every like army base is. He knows where practically, I don't know. It's, it's mind blowing actually. Um, so hey, he's, he's awesome. Yeah. He's got to, like some of the videos. So just so you guys are tracking, they've got a uh, kind of a uh, military historian slash tank expert. That's on part of the, the war gaming staff. He's called the chieftain. Uh, and his name's Nick Moran. He's a really good dude. And he is, uh, on a ton of videos, like you can look him up on uh, YouTube and there's gosh, there's I, at dozens upon dozens of videos and they're all like, like no shit, you know, excuse my language, but they're absolute like history channel quality type stuff. So if you're kind of interested in sort of the real world story, like the actual real life story behind a lot of the tanks that you play in the game, um, he, he's got a series of videos on those. It's really good. It's it's pretty impressive that you guys get. I think that's actually along with the sound, that kind of stuff. That's one of the reasons that I think the game shines through is you guys as a group go to great lengths to kind of um, like bring bring that reality and history into the game. You guys do a great job of that. Thanks, man. I, I appreciate that. I think that's something that's really important for a game like this, right? I mean, a lot of this is, um, I mean, this game is built around or and features, you know, real tanks or real prototypes of tanks and, and all that sort of stuff. But I think um, one of the big underlying things that everyone at Wargaming actually feels very uh, passionate about is the, is the is their sense of connection with military and, and veterans and that sort of stuff. So I think that's something that they take fairly seriously. Um, you know, we have a lot of really close connections to uh, a lot of veteran organizations and a lot of um, uh, military organizations like Operation Supply Drop is a big one that we work with very closely. And I think, you know, everyone at Wargaming takes that quite seriously and treats it fairly seriously. So it's something that, uh, you know, Nick is is obviously amazing at. He's, he's incredibly smart, but uh, I think it just it goes down to like the, the core of the company. You know, that's a big part of um of the corporate identity, I guess. So it's pretty cool. And, you know, look, I've been able to go to some player events at event at locations that I'd never would have gone to, you know, I've been to some tank parks and, um, you know, it, it's really cool, man. I, I get to go to like these, like 
a field, and I mean, we talked about this last time, I think, uh, in Contini, which is about a couple hours west of Chicago, an hour west of Chicago or so. It's, it's, it shouldn't take you a full hour unless you're, you're dealing with a nightmare of traffic, but yeah, I yeah. sit, I sit in traffic right out front of Cantini every morning. So yeah, it's, I mean, it's cool. I, I managed to go to this, you know, this, this park and right. There's like a whole bunch of tanks there and we had a player event there. Like that's something I never would have done with any other company, I think. And that's, you know, really cool. So it's um, pretty cool. Yeah, I get to get to do some pretty unique things here, and um, I think Nick does even more of those. He goes to a lot of uh, military bases, and obviously, I think he's very involved with developing a relationship between wargaming and, and the military. So uh, he gives them free stuff, I think, and it's pretty cool. So <laughs> okay, well, we just have a couple more questions for you, and then we'll sure. uh, we'll let you bounce for night. Uh, you don't monopolize too much of your time, but uh, kind of in line with some of the things we're talking about, without going into any obviously any specifics uh you had mentioned the scorpion pass map uh which you know currently it's a playstation it's a timed playstation exclusive which that is a that is a really really well done level it's it's huge a uh, lot of lot of good depth in there you can have a lot of different kinds of fights inside that map so you know kudos to the design team on that one um but one of the things that that and this was something that we had kicked around in internally before uh you know, just in terms of what we were thinking of when we were we first experienced that map is, I do you guys does the game actually have or have you guys looked at like special uh, special maps like tournament only maps or stuff for like special special occasions occasions uh, that that you only release periodically you know during the year for a little while and uh-huh. and kind of what we had thought about was uh, you know big like famous World War II battles such as something around where the D-Day, you know, the D-Day landings, the Battle of the Bulge, or some of the big classic, you know, historical tank battles out in North Africa, stuff like that. Have you guys looked at doing maybe, you know, as special event maps like that are only out for like a week or two or a year, or maybe some just for tournaments? So uh, we have done maps that are just for specific uh, events. So an example of that is... um, well, I guess one example of that is we, we released Lunar Mode, um, and that's kind of come back a couple times in various uh, various forms. And Lunar Mode was basically just like low gravity, uh, shooting laser beams. Uh, over Christmas time, cool. we, yeah, I mean, that was a really cool mode. I don't think it's been seen on PS4 yet. It's been seen, uh, it's been seen on Xbox a couple times. Um, another mode that came out over the holiday, so again, before PS4 was released, was uh, a sort of toy tank mode. And that was, I think, my favorite mode we've released so far. It's been pretty cool. You kind of drove around in like a little like toy tank that was all super shiny and it shot um it shot at other tanks and like you're kind of surrounded by like a bunch of like christmasy things and it looked really rad i, if I actually saw a video of that it was it was pretty cool <laughs> yeah it's really cool so we've released some things like that now the only issue um what i would say is those those modes are obviously released for fun and they don't really um they, they shouldn't normally impact your normal gameplay, right? So if you select a toy tank mode, you're not going into a, a regular battle as a, you know, as a toy tank. You're just against other toy tanks. And so those modes are kind of standalone. And to have a separate map that comes in for a certain time is something that I don't think uh, I've been involved with discussions about yet. So I don't know the specific answer. But my gut feeling is that the dev team would feel like it would impact gameplay. And so if it's going to come for a short while, then those maps would have to be super... Uh, super balanced, right? Or at least they'd have to be balanced to the point where 
you know, they're they're enjoyable to play, right? I mean, you can get away with having a map that's kind of messed up a little bit if it's like a fun map that's just kind of coming in for a week for Christmas. But if it's something that's entering into battle uh, and, you know, people are going in there with their regular tanks and it's not a fun or enjoyable experience for some people, then I think they'd want to balance that correctly. So that would be my only initial gut feeling to something like that. What I would say about Scorpion Pass, you mentioned some of the battles in North Africa. Scorpion Pass is actually modeled after a real... Um, after a real pass, and I don't remember the name. Uh, I don't remember the, the exact name. Design, I don't remember. I should know this. Um, but the uh, designer for that map, Jeff Gregg, he uh, actually showed it to me when I went to the studio last time. And he was showing me some of the photos of the actual um, pass itself. And it was modeled after that. So that's actually modeled after a real pass where like a famous tank battle took place in Africa, which is pretty cool. Um, I just don't remember the name. And I'll try and find out and get back to you guys on that. But it, yeah, it, the sections of the map, the actual pass itself are modeled after the real the real location. So that map is huge, by the way. It's about double the size of um, a normal map for World of Tanks. It's the largest World of Tanks map um, across any any platform. So pretty cool. Awesome. Um, another thing that I haven't tried yet, but I know you you're, you guys make World of Warships and World of Warplanes. Is that something that you, the company's interested in bringing to uh, PS4 somewhere down the line? I've been asked that you know a bazillion times. I think the answer to that is, uh, and, and the truthful answer for as far as I know, is that the company is always looking at other platforms. So obviously we just came to Xbox One, then we came to PS4 for uh, World of Tanks. So that isn't to say yes or no. It's just to say that like we're always looking at platforms, and I guess it's whether or not the game can be fun and enjoyable experience on that. And if they feel like they can make a game that would be enjoyable, then I wouldn't rule it out. But not in my office. I don't know of anything. <laughs> yes or I can't say yes or no. Um, I don't. I don't have a concrete answer to that. But like I said, you know, we're always looking at it. So um, maybe more information in the future. I can't say. All right, cool. Uh, so, just kind of the last last question for you. Uh, sure. And then we will we will let you go, man. And again, we are really really appreciative of your time. Um, where are the next set of live events that we might be able to catch the war gaming team at? That's a cool question. Um, so, we're actually discussing uh, right now. We're talking about PAX East. I believe that's our next major focus for a live event. I mean, wargaming has traditionally gone to a lot of live events. Um, you know, since I joined wargaming, I went to uh, PAX Prime, TwitchCon, PlayStation Experience, um, and that's not even to say you know some of the team went to E3. Um, you know, we go to a lot of events. I think this year we're pulling back on that a little bit, but PAX East is a big event. I mean, you're saying this actually today is, you know, PAX South, right? That's going on this weekend. We're not there, but uh, I know we're discussing PAX East. So stay tuned for that. And I mean, that's in Boston. So if you guys are on the East Coast or have tickets, um, then go you know, check that out. Also, uh, I'm going to shameless plug this because this is my kind of little initiative. Um, we're doing a giveaway right now for pairs of tickets to PAX East and, um, and a custom skin World of Tanks PS4. So mm. yeah, go to, yeah, it's wattps4.com. So W-O-T-P-S-4.com. And it's like, I'm sure you've seen these little apps before. Basically there's lots of little social things you can do. So share it with your followers, you know, follow us on Twitch and all that stuff. Lots of different things you can do. And um, each one of these gets you an entry into like the raffle basically. And it's kind of a random draw at the end for eight people. So eight people will get pairs of tickets to PAX East and uh, a custom skinned PS4. So check that out. And, um, you know, I'm hoping to go to PAX East. So if anyone here goes or anyone who listens to this podcast goes, and make sure you come by and say hi. Absolutely, man. That's uh, We appreciate you ping pinging that for us. So, 
Um, as always, what we will be doing is uh, on, we'll be, we will be on the lookout for your announcements for when you have live events. We'll make sure we plug those on the show because I think it'd be really cool to kind of interact with you guys. You seem like a pretty good crew. Uh, and we know you and, and uh, I bet I suspect that, that uh, most of the, the gang that you have out there at those events are uh, a pretty fun group to talk to. So uh, we would really look forward to kind of plugging those events. So please let us know when you guys are doing stuff. And what we'll do is we'll uh, we'll kind of keep a shout out here on the show for you. You know, that's that's no problem at all. Thanks, uh, man. Yeah, no problem, man. So we we again, fantastic having you back on. Uh, and then we were we're going to continue to kind of get our play on uh, with World of Tanks here on the PlayStation Four, and uh, for a couple of our Xbox One folks that we've got uh, that play, we're going to continue to kind of keep our hand in the community and maybe. Uh, do a couple more focus shows down the, down the way. And one day we might ask you back. And if you want to bring, if you want to try to drag the chieftain on, that'd be kind of cool. Or maybe bring in uh, pain God. That'd be kind of funny. Get, get a good interview with pain God and see that that way he can get some of the community experience that you have. Oh God. I mean, he's actually fairly open to that stuff. Um, he, like I said, he does a blog post every now and then. And the chieftain, like, you know, it'd be harder for me to keep him away. I think he, he loves <laughs> public speaking stuff. So uh, I don't think you need to really try and entice him too much. Um, and, you know, as soon as you get him started on a military topic, like, you know, that's, that's the end of that conversation. Cause it's just, you know, he has, he has a lot of information to share. And I mean, look, it's really exciting stuff, actually. Um, we, we were in the same car together when we were driving uh, back from the Continue event, I believe, and just asking him sorts of questions. And, you know, he was telling me all sorts of cool stuff about the military stuff that I didn't know anything about. Like, my background is not really in military. So learn a lot from him. Um, and, yeah, absolutely, man. Like, I'm always willing to come back onto the show. Like, you guys are – I've known you guys for a very long time, uh, you know, two, three years now. And I'm um, always happy to be here. You know, you guys are a group, good group of guys and, uh, you know, I enjoy the podcast. So. Absolutely, man. So, uh, again, we really appreciate you coming on the show. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a short break and then we'll transition back to uh, one of our next segments. And uh, at some point, man, before, you know, we're going to catch you on the flip side, but we got to get a uh, put a link out to some of your music, too, because we want to start putting that out to uh, to the audience as well. You get hey, really good absolutely. stuff. Thanks so much. Yeah. I mean, it's what I spend all my spare time doing. So absolutely. I would yep. appreciate that. Video and, game uh, community manager by day, like music superhero by night. Uh, <laughs> not yet. Hopefully one day, but uh, yeah, th- thanks for, thanks for the kind of words. And um, like I said, I'm always happy to be on the show. Just the time. It was a little hectic the last couple of weeks, um, obviously with the launch and everything. So I'm glad we kind of got it in now. All right. So folks, we're going to go ahead and take about a, uh, a one minute break and reset. And then we're going to go uh, kick stream back on after that. All right. Thanks. Okay. And we're back for segment two on episode 90 of Biomast. We just completed our, uh, our wrap up conversation with Saberwing WGA. He's the senior community manager for Wargaming America, the purveyor of World of Tanks, World of Warplanes, World of Warships, and World of Tanks Blitz on your tablet. So it was really, really uh, good conversation. He's a really good dude, and they've got a neat, neat crew over there at Wargaming, and I think they really have something going there. Um, I was kind of, jo- I was kind of looking into it today. I've got a buddy of mine who plays World of Warships a lot, uh, like, and that's a relatively new game, I believe, and he's really, really into it. Uh, he actually was a longtime Eve player, and he's he kind of drifted away from Eve like most people do over time with Eve. And uh, he's really enjoying, he kind of got into Wargaming through World of Tanks. That's a big popular game while you're waiting to do something in Eve, you play tanks. So he got into World of Warships. He likes it. Me and him were talking over a cup of coffee and he said he he really thinks that uh, they could 
maybe put something together like three, four years from now, probably or, you know, two, three years, maybe uh, where you had World of Warplanes, World of Tanks and uh, World of Warships all kind of fighting out in, in big kind of strategic campaigns that were somewhat interconnected. I, I think that's there's a lot of games that talk about the desire to do those kind of things and, and nobody's really successfully been able to do it. But it would be really, really neat if they could because they've got kind of a neat thing going. The World of Tanks scene, really, really cool for esports. Uh, World of Warships and the Warplanes thing are, uh, I have not experimented with them too much, but they look good from the videos that I've seen. So again, kudos to uh, Saberwing for coming on. Uh, so what we want to do is transition over to some of our other topics tonight. Uh, and we've got a couple people that we need to do, do some intros for that joined us uh, during Saberwing's interview. Bate, you mind giving us a quick, quick intro? Yeah, absolutely. Hey, guys, what's up? My name is Awa Bate. I am a member of the Incorruptibles Corporation and um, XCOM player as of recently. Well done. Big fan. Okay. And Heracles? Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Heracles Porsche, also known as Guildenlock, also known as New Boob. I hope you're all having a wonderful day. If not, hugs for you, nipple pinches for your enemies. And yeah, I'm uh, just dropping by to promo some stuff, but I'm going to let everybody else have their little chats first. Okie dokie. All right. Uh, let's see. Bate, you had a couple, had a bit of news you wanted to uh, kick off with? I did. Um, so for that game that we all hate the bit that we played, Dust 514, um, tomorrow, February the 1st, there is a, uh, a security patch um, that is coming out that will um, that we will bring no us. Exp- yeah, we have no idea. What, yeah, we have no idea what it's about. I have actually reached out to both CCB Ritati, uh and CCB Frame on Twitter uh, to get some more details because when Frame posted the thing on the forums, he literally posted two sentences. Um, um, so there's going to be downtime down uh, tomorrow. tomorrow. So, so watch out for that. I have no idea what the security update may bring, but hey, it is not 1.3. You're What's dropping up? out a bit there. You're you're kind of going going weird on the audio. Um, okay. yeah, that was that's um. So, but yeah, so there's there's really no detail on this, and I don't know what it is. Like, I I would think this would be like a thing if they had found like a really horrific exploit in the game, maybe, and they don't want to tell anyone what it is until they've fixed it or something well, there, like that. There it's, is kind of actually. I, what is it? Um, I, I haven't seen it myself firsthand, but reports of something about invisible LEVs with unkillable drivers and PC running people over <laughs> in objectives or something. There's a, there's a couple of videos on online nice. of, of immortal LEVs just I, wrecking havoc. I've heard it's I have really not a big heard problem. That sounds I, amazing, and uh, that might be what yeah. they're trying to fix. Look on the forums. I'm sure there's <laughs> posts floating around about it. I, I, you know, I have no idea if that's what the patch is related to, but I have heard a lot of complaints about something with LEVs and going invisible and stuff like that. Yeah, I have I have reached out to both CCP Ritati and CCP Frame on Twitter to see if um, if I can get any more information from that, but we'll see. It is not 1.3, though. I think the nature of 1.3 is <laughs> not likely what people think it is. I don't think it's going to be mm-hmm. like 1.1 or 1.2, but boundless optimism and me tinfoiling <laughs> is something I won't dive too deep into. It's our last patch was July. Was that right? Yes. Yeah, Come it's been on, a while. man. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. No. I, I hear you, man. It's 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 been it's been pretty bad lately. So you know, we'll we'll see. You know, it's some stuff is probably brewing somewhere somehow. You know, some Ritati is alive, as we confirmed last week. So that's that's always a thing. Uh, my first selfish promo I'm gonna do is 
tomorrow morning I'm going to release a video and I made a forum post. It was like ages ago. It was like two weeks ago. And it's just going to be a silly childish video of me reading off uh, posts, people of speculations people have had about where Ritati has vanished to, you know, stories about how he's on a Caribbean island or, you know, he's lost in the Matrix, just silly things like that. So that's what I've got planned for tomorrow morning. I just I don't have it up yet because I just released too much content today. But yes, that's what's in the works for me, you know, trying to make news out of this thing we call Dust 514. <laughs> well, it, it, it will I, I'm sure it will be entertaining no matter what happens. Uh, I mean, the fact that they're that they're still injecting stuff into the game, I think, is good. Uh, it shows at least it has a uh, zombified pulse, if you will. But uh, that that actually is a good sign, though, if if they're actually taking it seriously enough, where they're going to uh, put in a security patch. You know, that speaks well, I guess. It does, yeah. I would just I would like to see the market kind of them put something back on the marketplace just for symbolic purposes. Eh, yeah. I mean, there there was a time when I was kind of like at. You, there, there was part of me where I was like, you know, um, once, once they've, they'd kind of proven that they weren't going to really go after the economic side of, of the game that just, I don't know, not necessarily make it free, but change the prices where basically, uh, anybody could run whatever they wanted as soon as they unlocked it, you know, with, with minimal, minimal concerns for risk. I, I thought that was always something they they probably should have done at least a while ago. So I have linked the video to the invisible driver LAB glitch in the biomass Skype if you guys want to check it out. Oh, hmm. I may do that. Okay. Uh, let's see. Any other any other news or speculation on that front, folks? I think that's pretty much it, actually. All right. Well, Pokey, if you don't mind, could you give us your thoughts on the Division beta from Ubisoft? Okay. So... Uh, for those of you who pre-ordered the Division, you gained access to, or at least most of you should have gained access to the Division beta um, for uh, this weekend. And I know there were some people on the waiting list that might have gotten it as well, but I know they've been having some issues getting people in there. So if you didn't make it, it sucks because the game is actually pretty cool. Um, I probably will make some references to Destiny, which may or may not be a good thing, um, simply because it's easy to understand for those of you who've played Destiny. So... Uh, for those of you who haven't been following The Division, basically it is kind of a open-world style game set in a kind of sort of post-apocalyptic, or at least post-bioweapon uh, attack New York. And uh, you're effectively a government agent who's been activated to help restore order within the city and kind of help it, you know, people get back on their feet and whatnot. So uh, it is a third-person shooter. They have advertised it as an RPG, not a shooter. Uh, that's absolutely the case. The game plays much like an RPG. You're still walking around with guns, obviously, but uh, the way the stats are kind of set up and the way the game plays, it, it's very much kind of like a Borderlands almost-esque with skills and abilities and, and whatnot. So... Uh, if you're looking for you know the next SOCOM, this is not it. It's definitely more of a, an RPG-style game. Uh, so anyways, um, I was playing a couple for, for a few days today, this, this last weekend, and uh, very solid. I'll, I'll just say that. I think it was definitely worth the pre-order. I will keep playing it. I will probably enjoy it. But basically, the gameplay is such that you're, you're walking around New York, and there's story missions. You go in, talk to NPC, do the story. 
you know what, there's only one of those in the beta. It's just kind of a, a taste of what it's like. But, you know, it, it played a bit like a strike in, in Destiny, where you go in, you kill, you know, a, a slew of enemies, and you kind of get to this boss at the end, and, and you defeat it and get loot. You know, it's pretty typical Diablo-style stuff. Uh, that much is pretty straightforward. There's also missions kind of floating around the city called Encounters, uh, and they reward you with experience, uh, credits, which is the, the currency, um, and supplies, which you can then use to upgrade your uh, home base, which is kind of like the tower in Destiny. And when you upgrade the home base, uh, you're actually unlocking skills and abilities and modifications for your character. So, for example, uh, in this one story mission, I rescued a, vir- uh, a doctor from a hospital who then set up kind of the medical wing, and that gave me access to kind of this healing grenade where I could heal myself or heal uh, my my teammates. And that's kind of how the character progression works. And, you know, this is pretty standard. I mean, it's kind of this open world, you know, whatever. What really stood out to me was the Dark Zone. The Dark Zone is basically an area of the map that you climb into, and that's where PvP is enabled. And there are PvE enemies walking around, and there are obviously other players walking around. Now... While in the dark zone, you're trying to kill difficult enemies. They're they're, they're much stronger than the enemies out in the uh, in the, the rest of the open world. So they're they're pretty tough. And at the same time, you have other agents walking around. Now they're not innately aggressive, but if you have stuff and they want it, they can kill you and take the stuff that you've collected within this dark zone area. And that's kind of where that emergent PVE VP pops out. It's it's you know something that a lot of companies have been trying to kind of get to, but haven't quite done it yet. And for the most part, I'd say that it actually works quite well. Um, there's some oddities to it, some some weird kind of bits to the balance and how the gameplay pans out that I, I think probably need some some tweaking. And honestly, I don't suspect that they'll change all that much between beta and final release. But you know, hopefully they'll. Uh, They'll, they'll work on that a bit as time goes on. But regardless, the point is, is that this PvEVP, it, it works. Um, for those of you who've played EVE Online, it kind of has a similar uh, feel of where I'm out and doing my thing, and you know, you see somebody, and there's always this kind of moment where you both pause and look at each other, you know, seeing if someone's going to jump and attack you first. And you know, if if you attack somebody, you get marked with rogue status and what rogue status does is it makes you light up like a light bulb on the map and a bounty goes on your head and then players who are not rogue will be rewarded for hunting you down and killing you so you know you can kill the guy sure and get his stuff but then everyone's going to be coming after you and if you do this enough in a row where you've killed a bunch of people uh this thing called a manhunt uh starts up and that's basically it turns into like this global mission that everyone needs to come and kill you and if you can survive long enough you get tons of credits in in what they call dark zone points which can be used to buy high-end gear and uh if you survive you get all of this as well and they get similar rewards if they manage to kill you so you can kind of become the enemy of the world if you decide to be like an asshole now what makes it interesting is that when you collect gear in the dark zone you can't use it and you can't leave with it like you would normally because normally it's coming through a door you're in the dark zone you're walking around whatever you can't take that stuff with you what you have to do is go to an extraction point and at the extraction point you shoot up a flare and then you have to wait for 90 seconds for a helicopter to come and pick up your gear and take it away to you know sterilize it or whatever but when you start extracting <clears throat> everyone in the map knows you're extracting so what you'll see happen is Dinner bell. <laughs> yeah basically you'll still start seeing these rogue agents start kind of swarming towards you because you 
you know, they know you have stuff because you wouldn't be extracting otherwise. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, that, that's, that's pretty straightforward. You know, it, it's kind of this constant cat and mouse. It was pretty fun. My brother and I got some, uh, some cool weapons and we were trying to make it to the extraction point and literally trying to duck through alleyways and, and crawl over scaffolding to avoid rogue agents that were in the streets to get away from them so we could get to extraction safely. And uh, <clears throat> we get there. And uh, we, we shoot up our flare, we kind of go and we're hiding behind this, this uh, group of boxes. And another player comes up, and he wasn't aggressive. And he comes up and he does a little emote like, hey, you know, we're, we're cool, we're not going to fight. You know, like a little, I'm, I'm, I'm here in peace, I'm here to extract as well. I went, okay. And I just knew it. <laughs> I knew it was coming. My, my uh, Eve instinct was kicking in. I was like, all right, so he's fine. So the helicopter comes, and as the rope comes down to collect the gear, I hear a grenade latch to the back of my head <laughs> and detonate. And his buddies in sniping positions ripped us apart, and we were dead in half a second. And he stole our stuff, clicked it onto the, the helicopter, and took off with it. So, you know, I kind of got a welcome to New York uh, experience in my first attempt at the Dark Zone. And, and honestly, it was awesome. Like, it's incredibly frustrating when you lose your stuff but the process of trying to get it out is awesome because you you kind of get like i said for those who have played eve that you know your heart's pounding and you, you know you're, you're trying to sneak around in some pvp area it's very much the same that that emerging gameplay of pvp may or may not happen and you don't know until you're being shot in the face and i i think that so despite having some oddities i think that they really you know got pretty damn close to the kind of gameplay sadly that we kind of wanted to see with dust where you're just kind of out and about doing your thing and people may try to kill you they may not and that uncertainty is what makes it exciting and i think thisly the pve by itself the non dark zone stuff is going to be pretty generic it's going to drive the story it's a nice way to grind up and just kind of screw around but the stuff that's going to make the game last and be exciting you know, for a long period of time is going to be that Dark Zone stuff because it's so unpredictable and so chaotic at times that, uh, you know, you, you don't know what to expect. And it, it's very, very enjoyable. So uh, overall verdict, I think that the game is very solid. I think it's definitely worth your time to pick it up. Um, I know they've extended the beta an extra day. So if you haven't gotten a key, you might get one, uh, but no promises there. But, you know, again, solid game. There are some oddities with it. I think that, you know, it's going to be a learning experience. It's kind of the first style of game that they've done like this. So keep your expectations in check, but it's definitely worth your time. So, uh, yeah, check it out when it comes out, I think, March 8th. So I got a couple of quick questions for you. Um, one, and probably the most important question, when you make your character, can you make him look like Snake Plissken? <laughs> um, the character creation looked like it was fairly expansive, but uh, for the beta, it was basically you had to keep mashing randomized until you got something that looked acceptable. So I'm not sure. Okay. I, I just want to know if I can look like Snake Plissken since I'm trying to escape from New York and shit. Um, the, the next question is actually more technical in nature. And one of the things that was not clear when I was doing research on the game, which I, I'm very interested in, I, I'm very keen on the division, at least the concepts behind it. Is it, it when you're in kind of the minute-to-minute combat, is it skill-based or is it kind of RNG-based? Because I know there's a big role-playing aspect to it. Um, I will say that there are no classes like a particular RPG, but there are skills that you are kind of encouraged to specialize and diversify within your squad. However, the game is a it's a cover shooter. You are you know moving cover to cover, and you know you actually are aiming and shooting. It's not so much like 
Mass Effect, where it's it's really heavily based in the RPG elements. Um, like I said, it's kind of more like Borderlands if it were a cover shooter, where you know, the shooting is very important, but there are definitely RPG elements you need to pay attention to uh, in terms of what your character is capable of doing and how you build your character. But there is a level of skill involved in how you're aiming, where you're moving, particularly watching your flank. It's much more tactical. It's not so much run and gun, because if you run on the open, you die almost immediately. So if you like kind of that cover shooter style game, I think you'll really enjoy the minute-to-minute combat. Okay. Yeah, and that, that was one of the things that, like I said, it, it was it was not entirely clear on how it kind of worked out. Uh, it was obviously not turn-based, but like when you pulled the trigger, was it based on your ability to, to aim, to like see first and then hit the target first? Or was it, you know, more of like, hey, your accuracy is 35 because you're at like level one or something? You know, I would... That's what we were trying to figure out. Well, the guns themselves kind of have a, a randomization to them in that, you know, you can roll guns with different kind of accuracy stats and whatnot. And, and that's kind of built in. But it's not that your character itself has an accuracy. Um, you know, that the guns perform as you would expect them to. It's not like, you know, I, I pull the trigger and just randomly miss because my accuracy is too low. That's, that's not okay, how it so works. Okay, so it's not like dust. All right. <laughs> yeah, there, there actually is real recoil. Like you actually have to fight the recoil to keep it on target. There's not much bullet spread, so I, I very much enjoyed seeing that. Okay, that's cool. No, it looks it looks really good, and and I'm I am a little bit jelly that I didn't, you know I couldn't pull a beta key. So uh, I I kind of living vicariously through you and some of the other guys I know playing it. So I'll, I will be very keen to to see how this comes out uh, in about another month or so. Yeah, definitely worth your time. I, I think that uh, most people will will enjoy it. It's It's got a lot of the elements that I think, particularly for Dust players, they wanted to see, at least in terms of how the combat kind of plays out. Maybe not so much the cover shooter element, how, but... You know, how many just, people do you team with? Uh, it's squads of four. Um, and I think the, the worlds are kind of instanced, so I'm, I'm not sure how many people are actually in a given instance, but there's a fair number of them. Like you, we've run into several squads once before. Oh, okay. All right. That's pretty cool. All right. Anything else on the division, man? Uh, no, I mean, I, I'm going to do a full write up, uh, a little more in depth for the blog and I'll get that rolled out in the next few days and I'll, oh, I'll go into some deal. of the more, you know, pros and cons of it. Cause there is some stuff I'm not going to, you know, dive into it too deep. I just wanted to give a rough overview, but yeah, no solid game. Right. I think it's going to be good. Good deal, man. Looking forward to seeing that one. Um, but I, I think that's that's about all we have for the for the evening. So Heracles, do you have a couple of things you wanted to, to pimp out? Yes. Um, I already mentioned the first video earlier, but uh, next Sunday, uh, Sax and Mish, who I'm sure you're all familiar with, and myself are going to be facing off in a Logi competition. It's just going to be a pretty simple, straightforward game. Who can get the most war points in a game? I don't. We don't have all the details hammered out. I don't know if we're live streaming or what. Like I said, we're still hammering out a lot of details, but I just wanted a public place to let everybody know. Okay, that'd be cool. And yeah, he just did his 3,000 sub face reveals, so you know we're just going to keep the hype going and uh, you know see where it takes us. All right, man, that'll be pretty cool. Any uh, anything else going on in the uh, in the media content world? Not not anything relevant to us. Um, if you get me started, I'll talk about random. Google searches I did, and it'll just okay. get awkward. All right, fair enough. So uh, what we're going to do is going to go ahead and drop out some shout-outs, folks. Uh, Giselle, we'll go ahead and start with you, brother. Um, I'm going to give my shout-out to um, uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider for finally letting me play it. So I'm, I'm working my way through that. 
Um, and uh, a shout out to Saber Wing for coming on. And uh, I, I actually didn't mention it earlier, but I did try World of Tanks in the last week, and I um uh I was playing the PC version, so um not really Saber Wing's cup of tea, but it was a lot of fun. Um, and uh, that's that's it. Okay, cool beans, bait. Yeah, I'd like to give a shout out to uh, to my corporation as always, the Incredibles. Love playing with you guys both in Eve and uh, in other games. Um, I'd like to give a shout out to XCOM for being a, a pretty fun game. Picked that up uh, when it was on sale on Steam for seven fifty, I think. Um, so that was I'm quite enjoying that. Good deal, man. All right, let's see, Heracles. Anything else, man? For a shout out, or are you good? Um, I will give a shout out to my corp, Random Guns, and I will give a shout out. To Complex Doom 1995, who was like from my old PC days, and then he just like popped up the other day. So shout out to you! All right, good stuff, Pokey. Um, I should give a shout out to everyone who helped with my recent uh, uh, E Phoenix Rise trailer. It was a really cool project. A lot of great voice actors out there. Uh, so the, I think it turned out pretty pretty damn cool. Uh, yeah, and a shout out to the developers at Ubisoft for. Uh, division say what you will about ubisoft but the game is actually pretty cool so looking forward to it all righty and i've got a couple shout outs uh real quick uh first one to saber wing our guest from earlier in the night good dude thanks for coming on uh second shout out would be to the date february 12th because i'm shouting out because that's deadpool day everybody just go ahead and plan on taking a sick day at work and you know the podcast School's is not that, that important that week, the podcast is going to be just that's it. That's, that's all pretty it's much be right. about. It's it's really going to be like you know Deadpool mast. It's not really biomass at that point. So again, just everybody, just kind of relax, just kind of go with it. Take a day off work. School is not that important. Trust me, you got plenty of other days of school. And trust me, nobody actually asks you to solve algebra problems and shit in the real world. It's fine. I, just go I ahead use, and kind of relax a little bit. I used like real math in real life once. It was kind of weird. Thank you I'm for confirming saying. that with me. That 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 makes me so happy. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. No, nobody's going to talk to you about quadratic equations. I can personally. I have used. Thank I you. have used a quadratic equation in real life. I'm just saying. Zell, you're not helping. Zell, you are the people that nerds call nerds. All right. <laughs> so, um, on that note, no, seriously, uh, Feb 12th, you got Deadpool coming out, and you actually have a whole ton of good movies getting. Getting teed up for uh, 2016, guys. Uh, we talked a little bit about that on the show a couple, about two, three weeks ago. But uh, there really is some pretty good stuff. I was on a, uh, I was on another podcast earlier this week that were, they kind of mentioned uh, is much more of a movie podcast, and it was pretty cool. So, uh, big show on sci-fi and comic book stuff coming out for uh, 2016. So, folks, I'm all in, and Deadpool is going to kind of kick it off, and we'll see how it goes. And Probably the next thing I'm looking forward to, really, other than Batman Superman, is getting really, really kind of interested in Suicide Squad. So, shout outs to, to all that and a bag of chips. So, with that, guys, we're going to go ahead and kind of bring episode 92 to a close, which was part one, our uh, discussion with Saber Ring, and part two, our random ramblings about random video games that we randomly play. Uh, but sincerely, we, we do appreciate all the support for this uh, this episode. We literally had like dozens of people getting a hold of us uh, with questions for Saber Wing. So thank you very much. And if anybody can hear this stuff in the background, I've got a small English bulldog. She's like six months old. It's past her bedtime, and she's staring at me, whining loudly because she desperately wants to go to bed. So on that note, uh, good night and good luck, folks.
Okay, we're off the air.